The opinions expressed on questions you didn't ask are those of the individual participants and do not reflect those of their respective employers and institutions. Welcome back to Questions You Didn't Ask and the series In the Weeds. Health Equity and the Cannabis Conundrum with our guest, Leo Bridgewater Sr., as we dive into the complex intersection of health equity and cannabis. Let's get back into the conversation. So we're talking about the fact that, you know, African-American or Black people in America, Latino Americans are impacted in similar but distinct ways, right, Mm -hmm, by mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. criminalization of cannabis, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There are cultural differences, you know, migration and immigration, political, all that stuff is going to impact us differently. But unfortunately, we're most impacted by the criminalization of cannabis. And when we think about that, not only are we concerned about going to jail, being arrested, things of that sort, but people are also experiencing an inequities when they test positive for cannabis for jobs. Yep. Can you talk about long-term effects on employment related yep. to especially black and brown people, but anybody, but it's going to be mainly black and brown people right? who test positive under an employment setting? Well, and again, another way, another means by which, you know, um, restorative justice and social equity comes into play. Understand something, black people, we make up less than 4% of ownership in the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. and realize this industry was built on our backs in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. That's that's one of the things that I always I always talk about, you know, like I, I can't say anything about prohibition on alcohol because I didn't I wasn't here then. Right. But this one, I, I was here for this. This was mm-hmm. actually built while I was actually walking this earth, mm-hmm. you know, in my lifetime. And so I have an opportunity. I'm at that age where I have an opportunity to where I can use my voice and be effective in any way that I can. And mm-hmm. so when looking at the changing of the laws, you know, and getting that done, you know, it has a big like for me I was looking at the economic impact of it all. You know, because again, we make up less than 4% of ownership, you know what I'm saying? But you got people. I, I think about the people that's in jail now, that went to went to jail for moving a little bit of weight. You know what I'm saying? In their neighborhoods, they they mm-hmm. they create this market, they build up this market, then they go to jail for it, and then someone not from their neighborhood who don't look like them gets to move into their neighborhood and get rich off of the market that they built. Do you know how big of a? Do you know how insulting that must be? Mm-hmm. Could you imagine? You know what I'm saying? Like what? You, yeah. you know, like, how, how, you know, like the caucasity of it all. <laughs> that is a technical term, y'all. Yeah. The, 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 you know what I'm saying? The caucasity of it all. And they do it right in your face. And and understand something. There's, there's also ways around that that they use, too. There's little tricks and trades. Like, when they start saying minorities and everything like that, you know what they do? They just push white women. Mm-hmm. Because that they're a minority. You see what I'm saying? So that's that that that's another thing. Like it's it's there's ways in which you have to, you know, like things that when you're in the process of again, you know, developing legislation, writing this stuff out and everything like that, 
these are all the things that you have to think think about and then know to make arguments for. Not to mention, you have to think about things that they don't know to argue about. For instance, mm-hmm. no one here is talking about import export. I am. I'm trying to. I, I, I'm. I'm trying to get us written into the export of it all because no one knows the uh, the import export of it all because no one knows to argue for that type of stuff. So that when we get mm-hmm. so that when you get a tariff and everything like that, we're a part of the process. You know what I'm saying? And before you know to argue for it, it's our. It's too late. We're in it. Right. That's like, like I, I got to be where they're not. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about why I asked that particular question about employment. Okay. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. Right. Mm. So I was reading an article in Time Magazine online and it was written in 2021 by Megan okay. McCluskey. Mm. And the the basic premise is that different companies are starting to eliminate drug testing. Yes. To attract and retain workers. And at that time, of course, 2021, people were feeling a labor shortage, right? So they felt like they needed to do something to alleviate that pressure. And what they realized is that that alone could create greater racial equity in the workplace Mm -hmm. because they found that removing that as a job requirement didn't hurt them because they found that it was actually a poor indicator of work performance. Like one person from ACLU, your people. Mandatory drug testing isn't based on suspicion or unprofessional behavior, says Amara Ahmad, senior policy counsel at the American Civil Liberties Mm. Union. But a positive test can still cost the person their job, even if the use was legal or if a medical purpose, you know, or took place days or weeks earlier and doesn't actually impact job performance. When you hear that, what, what comes to mind in terms of some of the the things that you've seen in the advocacy space around cannabis legalization and the ways in which we start to change the ideology around cannabis. You do it through policy and legislation, like what we did here. Again, I got to use New Jersey as Mm -hmm. my example because this is where a lot of my work was done. So testing, you know, know, employment testing and everything like that was something which was a big deal, particularly Mm -hmm. when we was trying to get legislation through here in new jersey and so now what we have in new jersey is if you have your medical cannabis card in new jersey Mm -hmm. it is illegal for you to be fired from your job now you can't you can't if you're like a uh, amtrak train engineer you can't use cannabis no matter what if you're like a big crane operator nope you know what i'm saying but if you're a cop or emt or or a firefighter you can consume cannabis when you're off duty. Okay. Mm. So yeah, you can do that. It is also illegal for you to be offered a job and have it rescinded because you test positive for cannabis. And then also in New Jersey, odor is no longer probable cause. Mm. So we had to, unlike a lot of other states where, you know, like this stuff wasn't thought of until after the fact, we had enough examples throughout the country to be able to stave off those things and not have to go back and try to get some cleanup legislation and stuff like that. Again, we did this through ballot referendum. So mm-hmm. we had to think of, it's like the difference between a ballot referendum and legislatively legalizing is that when you do it through ballot referendum, you're taking everything about the cannabis industry, all of its ills, 
and you're putting in, you're putting all of that, the social equity and all that stuff, you're putting it all into a yes or no uh, type of question. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But when you legislatively legalize cannabis, the people are a part of the dotting of every I and the crossing of ev- every T. Mm-hmm. You know, and you and you go line. It's like a line by line itemization of mm-hmm. the whole law. When mm-hmm. when we when we remember, I told you we broke the record here in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Okay, when the first version of the new legislative bill came out, Naisha didn't even say so. It, the two social equity, those two words, didn't even show up in the first version that they wrote up. Wow, it didn't even show up. Those two words did not show up in the first version. That tells you how these people are thinking. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that, like to what degree the stuff that we actually had to fight for, you know, mm-hmm. and again, it was only that many of us doing the fighting because mm-hmm. majority of the general population just didn't, especially the, or didn't, yeah, didn't care, didn't, didn't want to, you know, like, you know, why we voted for. And then you had, and then, and then 70%, uh, so out of the 565 municipalities in the state of New Jersey, mm-hmm. 70% of them said no. They didn't want, they, mm. they opted out. They didn't even want it sold within the borders. So that created a unofficial cap on licenses. Mm. So you see how the ripple effects, the, the collateral behind these some of these decisions and the way mm-hmm. these people are thinking and whatnot, like how it plays mm-hmm. out on us and whatnot. There you go. There you have it. So let me throw a little bit more data in here. And we're gonna yeah. we're gonna start to move to a different level of the conversation. But I also want to just paint another picture for our audience and you know, give us a little bit more meat to chew on. Not that we don't have enough, but you know what I mean. So in 2018, this is from the same time article, and I should give it a title. The title is uh, amid a labor shortage, companies are eliminating drug tests. It's a trend that could create more equitable workplaces. And again, this was by Megan McCluskey, October 20, 2021. It's on time.com. And so what she found or reported on was that, you know, in 2018, a survey of over 1,500 Americans, which isn't a lot, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's a survey conducted by detox.net a subsidiary of American addiction centers found that black people were more than twice as likely to face repercussions for failing a drug test than white people. Mm -hmm. While 9.2% of black respondents reported being reprimanded or fired for testing positive. Only 4.4% of white respondents reported the same. And these findings of racial disparities in drug testing also square with a 2013 study by Yale School of Medicine that in analyzing nearly 70,000 responses in a federal government survey from individuals who reported whether drug testing took place in their workplace, found that drug testing occurs more often in workplaces where racial and ethnic minorities are employed. Mm-hmm. So this Yale report says that being of black race was significantly associated with employment and a workplace that performs drug testing among executive, administrative, managerial and financial workers, as well as technicians and other support occupations across the board. So I just really want to, you know, kind of drive home how this criminalization of cannabis mm-hmm. um, disproportionately not just affects us in regard to 
who's being profiled by the police and who's getting charged and who's facing time in jail and prison or probation or what have you. But it's also affecting our ability to remain employed, to have a job um, and, and, and our, and our reputation as professionals at all levels. And to create jobs. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing too. We have to we have to talk about. Let me let me say this to you, because the the date was November of twenty twenty one, right? It was October, but yeah. Okay, fall. October of twenty twenty one. So think about what was happening in October of twenty twenty one. We were still fresh off of COVID. October of twenty twenty one. A lot of people were still working from home, you know. And during COVID in New Jersey. In the beginning, cannabis businesses were considered non-essential. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't until later on that they changed it to essential businesses because you got to understand people were being locked up. They had to they had to quarantine, you know, like they had to shelter in place. And a lot of these people were sheltering with their abusers. You know, saying Mm -hmm. a lot of people had their anxiety, all that stuff. This is and this is medicine. You know, that's the reason why I'm always saying shout out to the legacy market because they floated the hell out of everybody during during COVID because mm-hmm. the legacy market, the uh, ounce of weed on the legacy market didn't go up or that it just stayed steady. And we still was able to get you still was able to get it. So I'm always a break that down, break that yep. down and back it up, because not all of us are in New Jersey. We don't know all this terminology. And I've been. Yeah. I've so been legacy is legacy is nut nut and mucho from up off the corner. You know what I'm saying? Like during COVID, Nut Nuck and Mucho on the corner was still selling. <laughs> and the price has never changed. Okay, got you. You, you. you see what I'm saying? Because in a dispensary, you. you know, at that time in time, you know, an ounce of weed was going to cost you about $450, yeah, $400, $350. Yeah, it depends on where you at. Yeah, it was going to cost you that much. But mm. on the legacy, a zip, which is an ounce, another word for saying an ounce, you know, a zip will go for a, a buck, buck fifty, a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars. You mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? You know, yeah. you still can get a, a a twenty or something. Your your regular dealer was still out there doing this thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so when you think about during that COVID year, that was a pretty rough period of time. Even mm-hmm. going into 2021, as late as October 2021, because the world was still just waking up. We were still we yep. were just starting to come back outside. A little you know, bit, even a little bit, even then, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so I would say when you look at you know the way these companies were cutting costs on things, mm-hmm. you know, remember nobody was paying rent. A lot of a lot of people's jobs disappeared and didn't come back. A lot of October of 2021, a lot of the businesses that were gone hadn't opened back up yet, and a lot of them just never came mm-hmm. back, you know. Mm-hmm. And then if you think about it. You had a lot of people who were going through a a, a change in career because they had mm-hmm. to, you know. Right. And so now, what's the what's the hottest thing going on right now? Cannabis. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. again. Like I said, we're talking about a massive, massive transfer of wealth. You know, and so a lot of these people got into it because they had to. So mm-hmm. yeah, and and also. In, in New Jersey, if you are a municipal worker, or municipalities are on the hook for your for your medical cannabis too. And oh I, wow! 
Yes. Wow. Well, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lot. They're doing all types of innovation, health equity innovation. Well, that's the whole in point. New Jersey, around yeah, the, Canada. The whole point is for other states to come behind us and then do better. You know, like this. Right. Your, here, here's here's a blueprint. You know, what I'm saying here's something that mm-hmm. you can do, and then you know, just put your own little hot sauce on it, and and let's make it even better. You know, that's what mm-hmm. I like. Maryland did. Maryland legalized after new jersey and they came in on some real social equity like gangbusters like what pow pow, Mm -hmm. you know and and did the thing you know if you look at what's going on and i think in michigan uh like a week or two ago they 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 started distributing uh grants to legacy folks you know um we give grants in new jersey we were giving grants to legacy everybody minorities women the whole nine yards, and it was like $150,000. You know, one hundred and fifty to 250000 mm-hmm. In Michigan, I think it's a half million dollars per grant. Oh, wow. Yeah. This so is I think that it's important to point out here, you know, people get so caught up in, you know, these are things that have been going on for decades and centuries. You know, we can't possibly make those types of changes. And I just love the fact that you were bringing truth to light on the fact that yes we can make these types of changes because these rules were created by people Mm -hmm. and we are people who can uncreate those rules these structures these systems were created by people and we are people who can undo these structures and Mm -hmm. systems that were designed to oppress people and so I just <laughs> love the f- <laughs> absolutely listen, and I'm sorry to interrupt you like that, but no, go ahead. I had to tell like I had to I I got to give examples and stuff like that, and when yeah. I and I was I was giving a speech and I was telling some people I said, listen, y- y'all got to know how to play the game. This is a game, you know what I'm saying? And the way you play the game is is that you got to know how to move people. So check it out. If you if you go, I, I said what you got to do is you got to give people instruction now. It's one mm-hmm. thing to motivate them. It's another thing to mobilize them. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. You know what I'm saying? You know, like mm-hmm. I get up here and I can say all kinds of stuff and, and hoop and holler, ha, and they'll hit a head of ha, and they'll ha, ha. You know what I'm saying? And you'll be, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But if I don't follow that up with some instruction, then mm-hmm. all you're going to do is, yeah, because what happens is, is that these things quickly turn into therapy session. You know what I'm saying? Mm. A lot of times, you know, these therapy sessions, a lot of times what happens is, is people get up, they speak their truth to power. You know what I'm saying? Everybody clap, then you go home, don't nobody do nothing. And, uh, no, uh, no, 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 no. We're not doing that no more. Yeah, we passed that. Yeah, all that hypothetical and theory. Nah, we need need that time for that. Yeah, we need practical application. So so here's what I need y'all to do. And this is exactly what I told him. I said, this is what I need y'all to do. I need you to get online, find out who your state representative is, who your state senator is, who your state assembly for person is. And then I want you to get on the phone and I want you to call them. And I want you to tell them, I want home grow. I want social equity. And I want my state representative to take a meeting with Leo Bridgewater. Just say those three things. And that's it. Hang up. I said, because here's what's going to happen. Imagine uh, uh, what when you when you make that call by law, three things, one of three things have to happen. Either that state representative sends you a letter. Mm. They either send you an email 
mm-hmm. or they call you back by law they have to do one of those three things mm-hmm. so if you get a thousand people calling the same person saying the same thing mm-hmm. what do you think that's that state representative is going to do who the hell is leo bridgewater and get his ass on the phone i can't keep taking these calls right that's the way it works so now when i go up in there you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and i go talking my junk and everything like that like i do like i just did like i just i literally just went into the state house not too long ago and hooped the holler because i i figured out what i what i what I, the next thing i want what i'm going after next and mm-hmm. they just looked at me like i was crazy but i was dead ass serious and you mm-hmm. know what i told you know what i told these people i would you tell them i told them that i want every state prison to allow their inmates to have access to medical cannabis you let them you pumping them up with them drugs them opioids and you giving them the pills and you let them smoke cigarettes let them smoke weed matter of fact let them grow it too what mm. and where's my social equity license for what's that stuff that they give the people that can't uh leave um you always methadone? see them. methadone yeah i want my social equity methadone clinic how about that mm-hmm. see i'm coming for all of it i want it all want you know it all people i want i want it all you know what I'm saying? There we gonna go. have, again, he said it with y'all know he know he's serious because his nostrils flared when he said all yeah, y'all. Oh, you can't, you can't all. see yeah. it, but yeah. I can. I'm not coming for everything. I'm coming for a thing. Everything. A thing. So let me let me ask you this. <laughs> what is the difference between CBD products mm. and cannabis and why does it matter? Okay, so we're talking cannabis and hemp. CBD is from the hemp plant. Cannabis is from cannabis plant. Okay. So the difference between the two plants is the same thing, is the same difference between an orange and a and a grapefruit. Both are from mm-hmm. the citrus family. They both have, you know, the, the same characteristics, but they, they're, they're completely, they're, but they're also different from each other. They taste. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. they taste and they're, they're, they look and taste differently, but they're all from the same thing. Okay. So one has THC, which is the main ingredient for you to feel it in order to get high, okay? Mm-hmm. And the other is filled with cannabinoids, CBD, okay? So if you ever met somebody who says, oh, man, I got super, I'm, I'm, I'm too high, I'm way high, give them, you should give them a, a, a shot of some CBD. And let me explain to you why. Because what you are doing when you ingest THC and CBD, what's happening is, is that in your brain, you have what is called receptors, you know what I'm saying? And these receptors in your brain allow for THC and CBD, okay? And if you have a lot of THC, when you consume CBD, it knocks those, it knocks that THC out of your receptors. You're still high, but you're not as high. It'll make you feel like you came down. But you just really just are more, you have more in your CBD receptors than you do THC. That's the difference. It's just one will get you high, the other won't. But you get the medical benefits of it all. The anti-inflammatory uh, properties, you know, um, the anti-anxiety properties, the 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 soreness, uh, your quality of sleep. You know, all those things are still evident. So you can still consume cbd and get medical benefits but what you really want is cbd and tac in moderation only because you get what is called the entourage effect see if you don't get any of that tac in there you don't get the full medical benefit of it all 
Again, this mm. is that science, girl. I told you. I'm on season eight, episode nine. I got to get y'all to binge watch this and catch up with me now. Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> right, right. Now, Leo, let me ask you mm. another question. Sure. What's the political advantage or disadvantage to legalizing CBD and not cannabis? Ooh, so that's a that's a that's a good question because things so right now um the federal government does have a industrial hemp bill that is legal mm-hmm. it's it's you know and 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 CBD is legal to an extent you do have all these different derivatives that came from CBD as well like uh CBG uh all these other different uh derivatives um and some of it's being uh, made uh illegal now, mm-hmm. what I'm starting to notice, particularly when it comes to the federal government in its stance towards CBD, is that laws are being shaped and done in such a way that it's more favorable to industrial hemp than it is to actual mm. CBD. And so I know a lot of other countries like China, which is the biggest manufacturer of industrial hemp, hasn't actually switched back over from PPE. You know what I'm saying? They're still producing the protective stuff for covid stuff those factories are still producing that they're not they're not actually doing a lot of industrial hemp you know what i'm saying so there Mm -hmm. in of itself is a there's that's an opportunity that we as americans need to learn to uh really start looking at and embracing too and And so tell me a little bit more about industrial hemp because you've been you've been i know you've been itching to talk about that because it's the trillion dollar industry i'm I'm Ah. sorry I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm wrong. Cannabis is a hundred or hundreds of billions. It's going to be a hundreds of billions of dollar industry. The mm-hmm. industrial hemp industry. Aisha, it is 15. It's projected to be a 15 trillion dollar industry. One, five trillion. T-R-T. T-R-I-L-L-I-O-N. Triana, fifteen trillion. Try, try. try. <laughs> That's a lot of money for y'all that don't know. Do you, Do you know That's a that whole is, lot of money? Listen, that so what is, is what is industrial hemp? Then what are we What are we talking about? Come on now, talk, tell us, girl. We are talking about construction material. We're talking ah. hempcrete. We're talking insulation do you know mm. do you know like there are there like there's a company it's called black rhino you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. they actually do they do uh hempcrete homes right mm-hmm. they can have and and and, and, and bust it they build it using a 3d printer so they can yeah. have your house built with hempcrete in 22 hours okay now hempcrete is stronger than steel it's fireproof wow it's antimicrobial you know wow yes like considering we just came out of a pandemic antimicrobial building products and homes what hello like do you do you not now see what it took to trillion yes the found it out trillion yeah and here we are that's why i said I'm like now you see why I'm like more like don't get me wrong I'm hooping and hollering about this cannabis thing and da 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 
But what really got me itching is I'm thinking about import export, and I'm thinking more about export. Like, oh, we need mm. we need to, we need decortification centers. We need look look. We need this is to me. This is how we get the black farmer uh, activated again. Mm. We need to be like this is where we. This is how we get the black farm. Like, come on, y'all. You know and I'm gonna tell my audience something or remind them of something from my intro. Is that in 1619? Mm-hmm. Y'all remember that date? The 1619 Virginia right. Assembly, right. right? The Virginia Assembly passed legislation requiring every farmer to grow hemp. Y'all hear me? So he's not talking about he he didn't just make this up. You know, you know, back to the Flintstones and Jetsons, right? Listen. Let me tell you something, right? So, remember when I was telling you about that whole thing with General Washington, and I said how Mm -hmm. you know, remember he crossed, he crossed the 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 Delaware, and he jumped his ass out in Trenton, and it was the Battle Mm -hmm. of Trenton. All right, and then Mm -hmm. they did, and then they marched and did the the Battle of Princeton. Okay, let me let me let me give you a real quick drunken history thing, right? Here's what most people don't realize. There was some hillbilly white boys on that on 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 his on his squad that was from uh-huh. here, and one of them his name was Ezekiel Anderson. Okay, and he told General Washington, he said, "Hey man, I could get you to Princeton without having to go down Route 206." These are roads that still exist now. Okay, wow. And yeah. Okay. Again, I'm giving you the general. I'm giving you. I'm giving you the the the. I'm giving you the drunken history of some real. Okay. Some, okay. some ish, some real ish. Okay, some ish. yeah, there's some Get real ish. ish right here. Okay, this really <laughs> went down. Okay, so General Washington was like, "What?" He was like, "Yeah, I'm from here." And General Washington was like, "All right, you get me to Princeton." He was like, "Yeah, we ain't gotta take 206. I'll show you how to get there." So he said, "How you know?" He said, "Oh, because uh, on the way there, we're gonna cross over my dad's uh, farmland. You know what I'm saying? And they was growing him." Mm-hmm. And they took this, and so General Washington told his whole army. He told he told a bunch of his people. He told a couple of people, "Hey, I want when the, when the nighttime comes, I want everybody. I want you to I want you to make some big ass bonfires, make real big bonfires, because at this point, the word had gotten out to the regular British army that 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 Washington had invaded. So he mm. knew that the colonials sent scouts to look. They were he knew they were being looked at. So he mm-hmm. figured if they make these big ass bonfires." This colonial scouts who were watching this invading army mm-hmm. would think it's a whole lot of people. Look at these big ass fires, right? And then, and then Washington told his troops, "Hey, I need everybody to shut the up and shut up. And we're gonna take this little goat path that this that this 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 uh, hillbilly named Ezekiel Anderson knows about, mm-hmm. and he's gonna get us to Princeton. And that's exactly what they did. And he got them there, but they crossed over." A whole bunch of hemp farms. Wow! And I and the reason why I know this <laughs> is because there are obelisks throughout the city of Trenton that mark the actual route from that that they took from Trenton wow. to Princeton. And the reason why I know about these obelisks is because I actually walked them all. You could look it up. It's called Ezekiel's March, and you'll see. Wow. Yes, it, it, look it up on you. You can go on YouTube and look it up. I promise you, I am there. I did it. That's again, 
I only could talk this type of junk when I know what I'm talking about. Cause I actually there you go. It. That's all I ask. Yeah. Only I tell me what you know. It. Yeah. And it was right. Farm, right. People don't the constitution was written on hemp paper. You know what I'm saying? We're mm-hmm. talking paper. We're talking paper products. Look, 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 look. Like you, you wanna, you know how you know how in all these different uh urban cities and stuff like that, you know how they had those certain lots and stuff like that where the ground mm-hmm. is contaminated. Mm. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, so, yeah, yeah, all right, all most right. definitely super fun sites what? and all that stuff. Yeah, guess what? Plant a whole mm. bunch of plant a whole bunch of hemp sucks that right sucks that ish right on up out of the ground. What? Yes, yes. So for our econo- our, our environmental justice brothers and sisters out there that that you are that are linked Flint? up with the food justice sisters and brothers out there need yeah. to link up with our cannabis justice. Yeah, brothers and sisters, you want to save Flint? Yeah, you want to save Flint? Mm-hmm. Plant some hemp. Plant wow. a whole racket of suck that ish right up out of the ground. I promise you. That's what, like, like, wow. I, yes, yes. And then Y'all on heard top it here that, first. Yeah, and then on top of that, all you got to do is you telling me that all we got to do is make up some hemp creep. There's a company that do 3D printing. Oh, we about to rebuild the hood on the cheap too. What? Right. Like that, right. like I'm, I'm. When I say I'm coming for it all, I'm coming for it all. All right. I want so all look, of it. I'm, I'm sorry. Th- you're good. I love I all this. Everything. I'm coming for he everything. Said it with his nostrils, folks. With everything. his nostrils. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the new series of questions you didn't ask. Join me, your host, Naisha Frey, and my guest, Leo Bridgewater Sr. Next week as our conversation in the weeds, health equity and the cannabis conundrum continues.